begin. So let's find our sit bones underneath us so that we can just presence our roots, presence our connection to the earth. Find some grounding, find some foundation. From that deepening in, can we let our spine, our spines expand upward, our ribs expand outward, as well as our bellies. Let our shoulders just relax downward. Let go of tension in your jaw, maybe opening your jaw, wiggling it around, sticking Soften your forehead and find that what my teacher Gina likes to call the inner Buddha smile, that face of serenity and compassion. And let's open our space with the sound of three ohms, beginning with a deep inhale. The first one with you um, a few times over the past few years. Uh, with some of you, actually, I think maybe only Vera and John at this point. Um, but uh, I, uh, I'm bringing it back in because uh, it relates to a specific story that I'd like to tell, that, and the second one as well. So the first one is a, a mantra to uh, being an archetype, an energy or quality that we call Danvantarim. Danvantre, actually. And he is the archetype of healing energy. And then the second one is an uh, invocation to Lakshmi. So we're going to be working with these two energies that were um, uh, two of the ratnas, two of the gifts that arose with the churning of the milky ocean. Samudra Mantam. Mantam. So, uh, the, does anybody know this story? Has anybody heard this story? It sounds familiar yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot about the churning of the ocean. This is the first time I heard it called the Milky Ocean. Yeah, the Milky Ocean. Yeah. Is this a creation story? It is a creation uh -huh. story, actually, yeah. Um, some say it's where all of the all of the beings that inhabit the earth actually came from through this churning. Um, my, uh, my, my Ayurveda teacher told me that part. I hadn't heard that before. Um, so <clears throat> there was at one point in time this, uh, this sage called Dorvasa. Mm -hmm. And Dorvasa was, uh, had this beautiful garland and this garland was meant to be a prasad. It was meant to be an offering because it, it embodied the Shri and embodied um, the goddess, the beauty of the goddess, the nurture and the nourishment of the goddess. And so he gave it um, as an offering to Indra, to the king of the gods. And Indra wanted to show that he was free of ego, that he was not attached to this gift. So he placed it on the trunk of his elephant. 
But his elephant knew Indra. <laughs> and he knew how egoic <clears throat> Indra actually was. So the elephant threw it on the ground. <laughs> and stomped on it. And desecrated it. And when Durvasa saw this, he was outraged. So he cursed Indra, and he cursed all of the suras, of the, 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 uh, or the demigods. And, um, and he, he, he cursed them with powerlessness and starvation and uh, loss of all of their abode. And so in order to fulfill this curse, this asura, this uh, kind of demonic king, Bali, came and began to just wipe out the heavenly realms that Indra was the king of, because he was, he's a lesser, kind of a lesser god, a demigod. <clears throat> and uh, so, of course, they go running to Vishnu, <laughs> because Vishnu always fixes all the problems. And, uh, and they begged Vishnu for his assistance, and Vishnu thought for just a moment. And because he's sometimes a little capricious, he's a little bit of a mischief maker in his, in his solutions, he's like, okay. He's like, there is a solution. There's this, this stuff called Amrita. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Amrita will help restore all of your vigor will help restore all of your power, will help restore you to your rightful place. However, it's in a really hard place to get to. It's way down at the bottom of the cosmic sea of the Milky Ocean. Hmm. And I've heard that it drips from your third eye, too. It does. <laughs> it does. It's said to do that, yes. Um, and that's also, that could also be Soma as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you're gonna have to do the only way that you can get to it is with help. Okay. And the only people that you can enlist to help you are your enemies. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the suras go to the asuras. Okay, so we've got this, we've found out about this stuff. It's really powerful. And if you help us, we'll give you some. <laughs> they had no intention of doing this, of course. But, you know, uh, sometimes you have to entice, right? Those things that you're working with in your practice that, that are kind of counter to your practice, right? you have to entice them forth. Because sometimes the shadows that we're working with are actually what aid us in our practice, right? Um, they give us the incentive to practice and are actually the motivation that we're, we're working with. So then Vishnu um, enlists also the aid of uh, uh, Mount Mandara, to become the stone for the for Vasuki the serpent to place be placed upon to be able to be the churning rod to churn this ocean so that they can bring up this Amrit Amrita from the from the depths. But when they place this mountain, so Vishnu goes and he chops the mountain off with his uh, his Sudarshan chakra, his big, huge discus that spins in two directions and has thousands of teeth spinning in, in opposite directions that just cut through anything, cut through all illusion, um, basically. What's that? It's like Bertha. It's like big Bertha, right? So they chop the mountain off, and they take it, and they drop it in the sea, but it begins to sink through the bottom of the ocean because it's all mud and muck, right? So this is not the firm foundation they're looking for. Right? So Vishnu is like, okay, I'll turn myself back into Kurma, the tortoise, which is one of his avatars, one of his incarnations. And he goes down and he supports the mountain on his back, on his shell. 
And then there's the question, who's going to hold the head of the serpent and who's going to hold the tail? Hmm. So uh, the, uh, the, us, the, the suras are like, oh, I don't want to be anywhere near Vasuki's mouth because he just spits out venomous poison constantly. It just comes out in fumes and, and spouts. So they're like, oh, we'll take the tail. So the Asuras are like, okay, we'll take that, <laughs> I guess. Because they're just, they have their mind focused on this one thing, you know, just this, this outcome. So they'll go through anything just to get this outcome, right? Which is kind of like what I felt like when I was out there using a lot, you know? It's like <laughs> I'd go through anything just to get what I wanted. Just to get you know? one outcome. <laughs> that one outcome, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So there it is. So they went ahead and grabbed the head, and they started churning and churning and churning, right? And first, all of this, uh, first all of these jewels begin to emerge, right? So, um these beautiful gems, and everybody's like, oh, okay, wow, this is amazing, you know. Maybe we should stop turning. No, keep turning. That's not the Amrit. <laughs> so it's kind of like when we first start our practice. It's like the honeymoon phase, right? We have all these amazing experiences, and it feels so good, right? And maybe we should just, maybe this is it. I've reached it. No, no, this isn't it. And then, then, spiders and snakes start to come up. <laughs> and, and then... Supposedly, from the way that my, my Ayurveda teacher taught me, then all the levels, all of the, all of the species start to come up. First the worms, the insects, and then the, the fish, and the reptiles, and then the mammals, and then finally man. And then, then, this beautiful lotus appears. And Lakshmi rises up out of the lotus. And Vishnu looks over and says, ah, that's mine. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so Lakshmi and Vishnu are introduced and, and come together. <laughs> so they're an item. They are an item. And then another being appears. Oh, no. No, wait a minute. Nope. And then... And then this black goop starts to come up. This black, black goop. And it's the hala hala. Hala hala. Yes. And it's the most vile poison. It is absolutely horrific because it begins to seep into everything and everyone and poison and wither and kill everything that it touches. And Shiva is like, oh boy. And so Parvati's like, seizes the look on his face, and she's like, oh no, you don't. And he's like, oh yeah, I have to. So he goes and he slurps it up, and Parvati goes over and grabs his throat and keeps him from swallowing it down, and his throat turns bright blue. That's a story. And he becomes the Nilakanta, the blue throated one, through this. And but because Shiva is the god of all poisons and all inebriants as well, um, he's able to handle it, <laughs> and it doesn't kill him, right? Yeah. So that being done, finally, this other being rises up out of the muck, and in one hand, he holds uh, an, a bunch of herbs, the Oshadi healing herbs. And in the other hand, he holds um, a conch. And the conch are the mantras, the healing mantras, right? The sounds of the healing mantras. And in another hand, he holds, and it varies, sometimes it's a leech, sometimes it's a scroll, and sometimes it's a discus representing the energetic chakras. The leech representing also, you know, healing and the doctors. Um, and the scroll representing all of the chikitsa, the, um, the Ayurvedic treatments that are written down. 
Um, and then in his final, his fourth hand, he holds a pot, a vessel. And inside the pot is the Amrit, the nectar of immortal life. And so the Asuras, because they're up at the head of the snake, they see this and they snatch it away. And they go flying off with it. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> we have it now. It's ours. And uh, so Vishnu sees this and he's like, oh, no, you don't. So now he turns himself into Mohini. <laughs> and Mohini is the seductress. Mm. And so she goes over to the, um, the, uh, the demons, and she's like, oh, oh, why don't you let me hold that pot? And they're like, ooh. <laughs> she says, I'll just, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll give it to each of you a little bit, right? But, but I can, I'll, let me feed it to you. <laughs> and so they're so completely smitten and besotted with lust and that they're they're like okay 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 right so they give it to her and she quickly switches it out for just plain honey and behind her back she hands it off to one of the suras and she starts to feed them the honey but one of them sees what she's done and he transforms himself to look like one of the angels, one of the, the suras. And this doesn't go unnoticed. So someone sees this happen. He gets a little taste of it, but before he can swallow it, Mohini cuts off his head. And he becomes uh, Rahu and Ketu, which are two heavenly bodies that are in our astrological, the Vedic astrological system. And they create great, great, great stressors on your astrological profile when, when they're read. Um, so they place his two parts of his body in opposite places in the sky. I think that's the north node and the south node in our, in our western astrology. Yeah, it comes north node and south node. So um, they place him in opposite places in the sky. And, uh, and the suras go and they drink their amrit and they regain all their power. Back in, back in place. So, what is this? What is this all about? This story. I thought it was Could about I, the churning of the ocean. Yeah, it is about the churning of the ocean. But this is really an analogy to our own practice. I kind yeah. of referred to that a little bit. That's uh -huh. we going to do the story. Every time you start, you have to get out of the churning and into the balance, yeah. into the actual universe of your practice. Yeah, absolutely. And also, when we're practicing, you know, at first we have this wonderful honeymoon period. And this is, everything's all coming up glittery, you know, ooh, this is so cool. And then the real work starts. And we start to come up with the, you know, the things that begin to surface. And then finally, Really, right before we have the real breakthroughs in our practice, sometimes we hit the hardest places. Sometimes the nastiest stuff comes up. The stuff that we really don't want to deal with. The stuff that we think is absolutely the hardest and we cannot do it because it's going to, it's going to kill us sometimes. We even feel that. When we're out in life, sometimes before we have our biggest... Uh, successes, we come up against the most incredible walls. And that's what this halahala represents. It's those deepest, darkest shadows that we need to walk through. And we need to swallow, just like Shiva. Right? And then 
let the authenticity of our expression, right here in the throat, this blue place of the throat, let the authenticity of our individual expression overcome so that we walk through it with courage, with grace, and with fear, and without fear, without, not with fear, without fear. So, and that's what Danvantre really helps us do, this energy of Danvantre. So, does that make sense? Yeah? Yeah. So, the churning of the Milky Ocean is, is our practice. And we do this on a daily basis. So, anybody have anything? say about that? It's interesting that um, he takes in poison and transforms it, basically, mm -hmm. by his reaction to it. Right. By not keeping it help, at the though. throat. <laughs> not without help, because when we communicate, when we express ourselves, we're actually connecting with someone else. And it's all about enlisting that help. Sometimes when we're swallowing the deepest poison, it's all about reaching out. But without poverty, you do that. <laughs> right. right, exactly. So community yeah. is absolutely imperative. And that's why we practice in groups as well, most often. We can have our solitary practices, but our practice is really bolstered you know, when we do it in unity and in, in communion with others. Yeah. So communication, communion, all of this is all here in the throat. Yeah. Does that make sense? Vibration yeah. is the strands that connect us. Yes, yes. And that's why both uh, Danvantre and Lakshmi also, and Vishnu too, they all hold a conch. And the Shankara is another name for Shiva. Shankara is a conch. Oh. Yeah, so okay. vibration is the strand that does connect because the conch represents that vibration of sound. Yeah. And so really it was called, they used the conch to, to call everybody into communion. Yeah, absolutely. True? Yeah, that's the call to worship is the conch. Yeah. yeah. Blue is also the color of cyanosis, which is death. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. So, and transformation, basically, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and, Interesting. And by not getting enough oxygen, you turn blue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So, we'll sing to Danvantre. Danvantre. Can you say Om Namami? Om Namami. Danvantarim. Danvantarim. Yeah. So, Namami, I sing to the name of Danvantri, who is the Adi Devam, who is the first formed God, right? Um, Sura Surai, Sura Surai, Vandita, Vandita, Parapadmam, Parapadmam. So Sura Surai is Sura and Asura, right? And so when you put them together, it makes a long A, Asurai. Um, Surasurai, uh, Vandita, worshipped by the Suras and the Asuras alike. Pada Padmam, his lotus feet are worshipped. His Pada is fit and Padmam is lotus. Right? So his lotus-like feet worshipped by Suras and Asuras alike. Because everybody needs healing. Everybody. Our shadows and, and our light. Our light needs to be reminded sometimes that can walk through that fear. Loke jara, rukbhaya, mrityu, nasham. Okay, so nasham means to eliminate. Loke, in this world, in this world, he eliminates jara, which is decrepitude or old age. Ruk. Now, Ruk is a word that I have a few doubts about, but this is one I was taught by my Ayurveda teacher to mean pain, but I could not find it when I was doing my research. So, and, and I also found another mistake, so I'm thinking it might, but we'll use it because it's the only word I, <coughs> the only word I have right now. <laughs> and we'll use it to mean pain, but I'm, I'm, putting, I'm casting a little aspersion on this word, so we'll, 
I'll, I'll research it further. Bhaya, it means fear. Okay. Mrityu, who knows what Mrityu Mrit is? It's Amritsa. I mean, so Amrit is not. Is not Amrit. It's not Mrit. It's not Mrit. So if Amrit is eternal life, what's Mrit? I'm just going back to the So what's not eternal life? Amrit. Yeah. And what is. No, no, that's that's eternal life. Uh, Amrit is eternal, eternal life. life. Yeah. So if so, what's the opposite of life? Death. death. Yeah. There you go. Amrit, death. Okay. So death. So in this world, he's the eliminator of old age and decrepitude, fear. I mean, uh, excuse me, pain, fear, and death. And the alpha and the omega. <laughs> he's the healer. Yeah. Yeah. And then. I was taught datara, but it's dharana, dharana, dharanam, yeah, dharanam isham, yes, so dharana means meditation, right? Well, yeah. Dharana, with the N going back to the top of the mouth, means to protect, yes. And what's the Isha? What's Ishvara? God. Yeah. So he's okay. the God that protects. Vivida. Aushadhinam. So Vivida is, means the various. Aushadhinam uh, refers to the healing herbs, the Aushadhi. But Aushadhi can also be the different treatments that you use the herbs for. So it's all the treatments, all of the herbs, all of the healing remedies. So he, he, he is the, the protector of all of these things. Yeah. Okay. So we'll sing to Dhanvantri, who emerged, emerges from our practice with the key, with the... the uh, The goodies, yeah, <laughs> they protect us from from decrepitude and old age. When we practice, right, we practice uh, and receive a much better quality of life throughout our life, right? If we maintain our practice, we're less likely to be in pain, and we're less likely to be in fear because we're able to deal with those shadows, those things that cause us insecurity, and we're less likely to face death as a finality. Right? We see that there really is no death, because this is what our practice teaches us, that there's something more than just this body. So in that way, he overcomes these things. Huge. That's major. Because I was just contemplating that. How do you, how do we even wake up and deal with anything every day and not be just screaming from sun up to sun down? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> because we're alive, <laughs> and we're so attached to that, right? <laughs> and our practice helps us to let go of that attachment. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So we're really, when you really get down to the core of these, of all these beings that we're singing to, it all ends up being the same thing. All ends up being the same thing. It's, it's just what reminds us that attachment to life is not what we're here for. We're here to learn that we are more than just this. And every single one of these beings, in some way, imparts that lesson. So let's go ahead and sing before we run out of time. <laughs> All right, so we'll sing call and response.
was taught to offer that before giving any Ayurvedic treatments. Oh. I was in Ayurveda school. That's the one where we invoke this healing energy. It's also really good if we're going through a place in our life where we're feeling a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty as well. And if you're like, taking any medications or anything, like if you're sick, so it's, it's said to help bolster the effect of that. Ah, hmm. And so let's also uh, presence, presence this uh, energy of nurture and nourishment and health and everything that sustains us that is Lakshmi. So Lakshmi too is a, is a healing energy. And uh, as the divine feminine energy of sustenance, maintenance, is good for when we're already healthy as well, and just to kind of keep that robustness in our lives, that, that vigor, that vivacity. And so this one is, um, is simply an invocation to her. And can you say Namaste Stu? Namaste Stu. Mahamaye. Mahamaye. Shri Pite. Shri Pite. Surapujite. Surapujite. Shangha. Shangha. Chakra. Chakra. Gada. Gada. Haste. Mahalakshmi, Mahalakshmi, Namostute, Namostute. So, to. So I sing to, I praise the name of Mahamaye. So the great enchantress, because she's 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 beauty incarnate, right? Um, Shri Pite. Shri Pite is a, so a Pite, a Pita is a, a throne, and Shri is an on, is the honorific of Lakshmi. That's who she is. She is the Shri. She is beauty. Shri is also beauty. So the throne of beauty. This this is the abode of beauty. This is the her place, her abode. Um, sura Pujite. So here's that Sura again. Sura or the, the the gods, right? The or excuse me, the angels, the uh, the um, the holy ones, um, uh, and puja puja is what an altar. It's in a, and it's what do you do at the altar? Worship. Yes, it's the worship. So, whom they, whom all the gods worship, who all the holy ones worship. Shanka, we talked about the Shanka, right? Which is the Oh, the chakra, yes. the chakra. chakra, yeah. Chakra is? Chakra. Disc. Yeah, the disc. Energy vortex. Energy, yes, the energy vortex, absolutely. Now, what's the gada? Gada is the mace. Yeah. Oh, that little club. Yeah, the club, right. And what happens when you hit somebody on the head with the club? You see stars. <laughs> you knock them senseless, right? So it removes that senseless feeling of disorientation, right? So um, is what this gada does, right? Or if you have an enemy, it knocks them senseless, basically. <laughs> so it's 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 the remedy of and also the force that causes senselessness. And then haste, what's a hasta? Hastapada. Hastapada uttanasana. Hasta, pada, uttanasana, Foot, hand of yeah. yeah, yeah, so it's your hand. Yeah. So these are the things she holds in her hands. Now, Lakshmi, I also am 
very familiar with seeing as holding lotuses as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In this particular invocation, they're giving her a conch, they're giving her a chakra, and they're giving her the mace. Hmm. They don't really say anything about the lotus. Maybe that's implied. Maybe that's just, you just take that for granted. I have no idea. But I see her holding the lotuses as well. Mahalakshmi is the great Lakshmi. She's the... So when you, when you see Maha before um, any of these goddesses' names, we're not just talking about the subtle energy of the goddess. We're talking about the causal, the archetypal, the, the, the essence, the, the, the finest essence of this, of this energy. Maha Lakshmi. And then Namostuti, to this I bow, to this I sing. Okay? We'll sing to her a little bit. And uh, I've been calling in this energy of abundance lately. And um, my husband, Kim, did a really beautiful thing. He gave his truck, he gave his truck away to, uh, to our housemate who is kind of taking care of our place down there uh, because he had injured himself and needed to go to the doctor and his truck broke. And so Kim gave him his truck. Right. And we were looking, he was looking online for another vehicle. And uh, he, uh, he, went, he really wanted a Nissan. And he kept finding these Nissans and kept, uh, kept not responding to the, play, you know, to the ads and stuff. And I'm like, Kim, you know, you got to respond because they just go away. People buy these things, right? <laughs> and then this one came up, and he's like, uh, here, look at this one. And I'm like, you have to respond to this ad. You've got to respond to this ad. Great. So he responded, and we, we set an appointment to go down and meet the lady, and she met us in Auburn and drove up, and he, he liked the truck. You know, there were a few, couple little things wrong, you know, so he talked her down a couple hundred dollars and got her for $3,300. And uh, we drove off, and she had forgotten to bring the manuals. So <laughs> we, uh, she said she'd send them. So the next week, we went back down to Hardstein, and he stayed in Har on Hardstein uh, that week while I came back up here to teach. And that was last week. Right? So uh, I taught, and there was this package that had come that had the manuals in it and I knew what it was and uh, then or that was the week before last so it stayed there it sat there for about a week right this package and then last week he came home with me and I went and I sang on Friday but right before I went and sang I remembered the package and I handed it to him and I guess he opened it while I was singing at home culture and uh, I get home and he goes I need to talk to you pulls me upstairs and he grabs the package and pulls out another envelope and inside the envelope is all the money for the truck and she had sent back every penny that he had paid for this truck plus a hundred dollars which we sent back to her because she had <laughs> yeah because she was trying to teach her son that you can be generous in this life. That you don't need to try to get every penny for everything. Right? So she was trying to teach him the power of generosity. And it was such a huge lesson for me in seeing that, you know, Kim had just given his truck away just out of the kindness and generosity of his heart. And then, wow, this flow was suddenly established. And it came right back to him. And I've been working with the energy of a gifting economy lately. And wondering how that could actually work in this world. And wow, bam, here's this amazing example that's just, just thrown right up in my face, you know, of how this actually is a thriving flow in our lives. You 
found an energy vortex. And this is the energy of Lakshmi <laughs> at work, absolutely. This is her little discus, her little chakra. All right. So, singing to that beautiful energy of flow, of abundance, that is so alive and well in this world. It really is. It's there. Namaste stu mahamaye That much Namaste stu mahamaye Shri pite sura pujite Shri pite sura pujite Shankha chakra gadahaste Shankha chakra gadahaste Mahalakshmi namostute Mahalakshmi namostute Namaste stu mahamaye Namaste stu mahamaye Shri pite sura pujite
divine peace, we are our divine light and shadow, and we are the divine offering. Hari Om Tat Sat Namaste. Hari Om Tat Sat Namaste.